Good evening, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Getaway Day. This is episode 16. I'm Mason. He's... That's backwards. He's Gautham. Uh, and today we are joined by a very special guest, a friend of mine from the time that I was three and he was four, uh, went to high school together. He worked for, uh, the St. Louis Cardinals from 2015 to early this year, I believe, uh, Wyatt Neisler. So Wyatt is here, uh, today to, uh, kind of give us a, a look behind the curtains on what it's like to work, uh, for a baseball club, um, I, th- I think every kid ever has wanted to play baseball when they got older. And then as soon as they realized, like I did, they are highly unathletic. Uh, then they wanted to work for a baseball team. So Wyatt actually got to have that experience. So hoping he'll help us pull back that curtain and uh, kind of expose the uh, expose the wizard, if you will. So Definitely, definitely. Excited to be here. Love that you guys are doing the baseball podcast. And, and you guys, uh, we mentioned it earlier, you guys watch so much more baseball than I do. And you guys really love the game, which is great. Because uh, not a lot of kids our age are loving baseball. So it's yeah. good to see you guys keep up with it and, and keep that going. And Mason, I don't know what you're talking about with the baseball ability. I remember seeing you out on that diamond. <laughs> yeah. I, so why you've, you've heard the, uh, the <laughs> name of my memoir that I'm writing, right? that splinters in my ass the story of invention warmer yeah it's perfect but i i can't take the credit for that my sister did come up with it so give Haley all the credit in the world on there uh but yeah so uh just a quick rundown of what we're gonna do today we're gonna talk to wyatt for about 15 20 minutes um just kind of talking about uh working for a team and then i have a couple of questions that i want to get your opinion on um, some St. Louis, uh, in Bush stadium related things as far as which is better. So I'll give you, uh, two options and you got to tell me just off the top of your head, which one you like better. And then if you're up for it, uh, we will bring back a, uh, segment that we did with Matthew, uh, called pitch clock. So basically I put four or five minutes on the clock, whatever you are more comfortable with. We hit go. I mute my mic and you tell us kind of your thoughts on baseball. Um, perfect. And then after that, for whatever. Yeah. And then after that, if you need to go, um, just feel free and drop off and thank you very much for being here, by the way. Um, and then thanks for having me guys. And then we will go into this week in baseball to end it today. So kind of flipping things around, going backwards, but all right. So Gowie, you got anything you want to uh, say here at the beginning? Uh, let's get into it. All right. So, Wyatt, I kind of touched on it a little bit. You worked for the Cardinals from 2015 until earlier this year. You want to give us just like a, a quick rundown of what your positions were, kind of what you did, just real brief. Yeah, so I went to Southern Illinois University, Edwardsville, and I was going to be a sophomore, and the summer or the spring semester was ending, and I was like, I need a job. I don't want to go back to our hometown to work in the summer. I did that the summer before. So I started applying to a bunch of jobs, and I remember I applied to two jobs with the Cardinals. One was in the Family Pavilion, which is the job I ended up working, which I was grateful I got that job. And the other was a beverage stalker for the party and luxury suites. And honestly, like, I'm a little scatterbrained all over the place. I went to the interview, didn't know what job I was interviewing for. I just walked in with a suit and just started talking, uh, but ended up getting a job in the Family Pavilion. So during... 
uh, during games for 2015, 2016, and 2017 when I was in college before I got my degree. I was there basically just babysitting kids the whole game. People just drop off their kids. Uh, they're playing. We sold kids club packages and, and everything like that. It's out in center field on Ford Plaza, I'm sure. If you're a Cardinals fan, you've been by there. Uh, so met a lot of great people then that worked there full time. Um, and then I graduated in 2017, and the direct sales representative role came open at the Cardinals. I had no idea what I wanted to do after college. I had no direction. I got my degree in communication, um, and my boss was like, you'd be pretty good at sales, and like you're good at customer service. Like I think you'd be a great fit for this. So I uh, went and did an all-day, eight-hour interview at the Cardinals front office, that job met incredible people like the Cardinals hire some of the best people in the world I met lifelong friends I was a direct sales representative for I think a year and eight months or so uh, then got promoted into season tickets and was a season ticket account executive for a year and nine months I believe and just left there in March so worked through the whole COVID year and saw all of that and all the madness that that brought as well but I, didn't, I no longer work there anymore but it was it was a great times and great first job out of college that's for sure yeah, it was it was always fun going to games and um, just kind of tracking you down and just saying hey and seeing what's up. So, did you ever have working back in the family pavilion? I know there's the uh, the I guess you call it the bullpen, the pitching cage there. Um, to or there used to be, I thought. Did you ever have any guy come in there and try and throw like 95 and just? Yeah, yes, definitely. A lot of guys who would say, I mean, sometimes you would get a kid that would come in there and would throw heat 90, 91 miles an hour, and then they'll say, oh, yeah, I, I pitch in college or whatever. But mainly you get a lot of guys who are upper 20s, lower 30s that played Division three baseball that had 12 or 15 beers, claim they could throw 90, and they end up getting hurt, and they might throw 65 miles per hour now. So it was a lot more of that than people throwing 90. But anytime someone hit 90, you could guarantee that they would look at me and ask if Mo has a camera or if they could get a tryout or something like that. I'm just like, no, I'm a part-time worker, man. I'm just here to get my check. No but control over have any of that. a camera, though, right? Well, yeah, but we weren't supposed to talk about that, Mason. <laughs> oh, my bad. <laughs> Is that one of those I'd tell you, but then I'd have to kill you sort of things? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I'm glad you picked up on that. <laughs> So, um, so you worked basically at the games every, every day when you were at the family pavilion. And then when you went to, um, work in direct sales, was there any, um, kind of working in the stadium during games there as well? Or was it a lot of sitting in the office and stuff? Yeah, definitely. So a little bit of the structure on how it works, like, and a lot of sports are modeled after this. As a direct sales representative, you kind of do it all. So you're selling, probably making, I would say, 30 to 50, depending on how lazy lazy I was feeling that day, 30 to 50 outbound calls, just trying to sell tickets, sell party suites, pretty much anything you can sell. I mean, there's a ton of games, a ton of seats. Like, there's always going to be inventory that needs pushed. And then as a direct sales representative, you also answer inbound phones, phone calls, uh, which is nice because the Cardinals fan base is older than a lot of other fan bases. And on the coast, it's easy to say, oh, yeah, just go online. Like, we have the FAQs. We have all that. As you guys know, Cardinals fans are a little bit different than other fans, so they really do value having that phone number that they can just call and talk to a live person. 
so depending on what was happening uh, with the Cardinals, events that were going on in the world, like what the Cardinals were hosting, that inbound phone line could just blow up. And I mean, there were days when we would answer 150 calls each, and there's about 20 direct sales reps, 150 calls each of people just blowing up the phone lines, asking questions. Um, and then you always did have a, a you're, there's I think 12 duties that you would get put on for games. And they'd all range from you get to leave at first pitch to you're staying the whole game. So you would get to work at 8.30 in the morning. And if that game went 15 innings, you were not leaving until midnight at night. But it was all, all part of the job. It all came with it, the good and the bad. Dang. So it's it's definitely not a 40-hour-a-week uh, or or even just a game starts to game finish. It's, it's all week on home. Yeah, stands. definitely. And that's – Yes, definitely. Home stands are a ton of work. And then when the team's away, though, it is pretty laid back. Like, there's not, not a lot to do, and it's a very fun environment to work in, as you can imagine. So it's it's a lot more hanging out and relaxing and cleaning up, tying up loose ends uh, when the team's away. But when the team's in town and you work there, it's something that you have to accept that if the Cardinals have a Mother's Day, Father's Day, Labor Day, Memorial Day, Fourth of July game, there's potential that the Cardinals, a huge draw for MLB, they're, they want home games. They're going to get home games on all the holidays that you get. You have to work every single one of those holidays, and there's really no, nothing you can do about it. Just kind of the nature of the beast, but missed a lot of a lot of weekends and, and activities, definitely working in sports, uh, specifically with the Cardinals. Yeah. So you mentioned the, uh, the inbound calls that you would get. Um, I was just curious uh, if there was a specific question that would get asked uh, over and over that you would – keep having to answer yeah a, a few a few come to mind one that's a pretty big running joke up there is the cardinals in uh january of every year they create pocket schedules they're just like you know when you go to a little store and it's just like the cardinals schedule it fits in your billfold people love pocket schedules <laughs> so you get these folks from all over the midwest they would just call in just I would say we during the height of it, probably twenty or thirty a day each sales rep would get of people just saying, Can you mail me some pocket schedules? Can you mail me pocket schedules? Can you mail me pocket schedules? And if the pocket schedules were not created yet, they would say, Well, last year I ordered my pocket schedules on January fifteenth and it's January twenty sixth, so where are my pocket schedules? So that's, that's always one that cracks me up that I had no idea that I would be stuffing so many envelopes with pocket schedules. But that was a yearly yearly laugh for everyone who works up there. Do you get more requests for the pocket schedules or the magnet schedules? Because I know those are pretty popular too, aren't they? Definitely, yeah. Magnet schedules are popular. But we the thing that saves us about magnet schedules – I keep saying us. I always do that. But the thing that saves the Cardinals on the magnet schedules is they give them away at the gate. Pocket schedules are kind of their own own unique thing, and then we do give away the schedules at the gate uh, for opening day. We give them away, and then the last game of the year, I think they give away some sort of schedule that's a magnet schedule that day too. Okay, gotcha. So, um, it it sounds like there's a lot of uh, a lot of work during the season. And then for a lot of baseball fans, it's the off season, and you really think that the only guys that are working in the off season are probably like Mo, Gersh, maybe Randy Flores, 
and that's about it. That's that's what the everyday fan thinks. But what's it kind of like behind the scenes in the offseason? Definitely. So it really depends on the playoffs because uh, 2019, for example, we were in the playoffs and I was working there, uh, made it to the NLCS. Obviously, we were a bit – I mean, the season just keeps going and going as long as the Cardinals are playing. Uh, so that was a shortened offseason for us. Say the Cardinals don't make the playoffs, it's always kind of sad. The last home game is just like, oh, we're just kind of hanging out. Like, it, this all ends. And you honestly do get – in that scenario, you get about three weeks or a month where, you know, we worked hard. The Cardinals still pay you full time, but you go to work and there, there's not a lot to do. We'll do like a lot of training and everything then. So say that would be in October, end of September. Uh, those months can be pretty slow, just wrapping up the season if you're not in the playoffs. But once November hits, I mean, we'll, the higher ups start pricing out ticket packages and they start pricing out all inclusive seats. Uh, because all-inclusive seats will go on sale after Thanksgiving because the Cardinals tap in on Christmas buyers and pushing that as a Christmas gift. So once Thanksgiving hits, it might as well be the season because there are so many people that know that they want to go to the Cubs games, they want to go to the Dodgers games, if, if like the Yankees are supposed to come to town. Big, big ticket items when the Angels were in town a couple years ago, like or big ticket games like that, they're going to sell, it's going to be busy. Um, and I would say around Thanksgiving is really when, when it starts back up again and you do it all over again. So the break is about a month, but it starts, gets, gets busy way earlier than people would expect. Yeah. And so that kind of between, um, the Thanksgiving and Christmas, that's a lot of like the, the 10 game packs and stuff like that, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. So all the all-inclusive tickets go on sale and then, the Cardinals do a great job with their packs. Um, that, that's a huge moneymaker for the Cardinals. A season ticket plan is 27 games. is the smallest season ticket plan. So you can do a 27-game plan, a half season, or a full season. Um, and the ticket packs kind of catch everyone. 27 games is a huge commitment, like financially and time-wise, if you're going to be a 27-game plan holder. Uh, so the Cardinals do a great job of, of ticket packs. It'll be like a 12-game pack, a 10-game pack a six-game pack, three-game pack. There's always different packs that they're kind of building and promoting based on where there's need and where there's open seats throughout the season. Uh, but those are a huge seller and also a huge Christmas gift for people. Uh, so a lot of those folks are buying those up as early as possible to get the best seats possible because there's not that many for sale when you need to sell individual tickets. You have about half the stadium's some sort of season ticket holder. Then you have packs as well, so... It's a huge operation, the ticketing logistics side of where to sell and how many to sell as well. Dang. So, and then I know, Gowie, you're on the, the Cubs season hold, or season ticket holder list, right? I'm many, many thousands deep in the list, and I've been on it for more than half a decade now. So, Wow. So how did, is there a similar list for Cardinals uh, – fans trying to get season tickets that there's like thousands of people, but there's not enough tickets every season. Uh, no. So the Cardinals, their season ticket, it, that's the department that I worked in at the Cardinals. It is a well-oiled machine and they make a lot of money for the Cardinals. They keep, keep the lights on with, with folks that renew their tickets at an incredibly high rate. Um, but there's no, no waiting list, pretty much always inventory. Uh, just, 
the Cardinals will sell you a season ticket. Just they want that ticket bought. And if you're going to buy that ticket for, for the full season in November, that is so much better than waiting until it's April, May, June, July, just hoping that ticket gets sold for every game coming up throughout the summer. So the Cardinals will, will just about always sell sell season tickets to whoever, whoever wants to buy it. Okay. That makes sense. You've been to so many uh, Cardinals games in, in the years that you were working with the Cardinals. Do you have any specific games that stand out as being the most memorable for you? Uh. I would say we were talking before we came on live in 2015. I'd never been to a Cardinals playoff game. So when the Cubs came to town, that was definitely one where I was like, wow, you could just, when you walk in for a playoff game, the buzz that you feel, it's unlike anything else. And I, like, I was just so excited to work and we aren't that busy. The people that go to playoff games, like actually care about baseball. They're not dropping their kids off at the family pavilion. So we pretty much just went and and watched all those games uh, and then had a realization like, oh, shit, the Cubs are really good. They're going to be good for, I've thought, a lot longer. But they, they had their run and, and got their ring. Uh, I would say that. And then 2019 was awesome. Uh, just going to the NLCS, that was an awful two games at Bush Stadium uh, in 2019. Um, but that, that was fun just seeing how it all worked behind the scenes and everyone's in a great mood. A uh, lot, of, lot of work being put in. Um, but that, that Braves game in the NLDS, I would say that was that was one of the most fun when we went out up like 10 to 1 super early in the game, and uh, that that pushed us, pushed us into the NLCS. A lot of people were nervous that day, so to get off to that hot of a start, it was like, why were we nervous? There's no need. This is easy. So you were there at the, uh, the Angels series in 2019, right? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, what was that like when when Albert hit his home run? Just what was the atmosphere like there? Yeah, definitely. I mean, you could tell that that was another game where I mentioned there was a buzz of like the playoffs that had that same atmosphere, and tickets were insanely expensive from a ticket sales standpoint. That was like the Cardinals' huge money maker more than Cubs games. Um, but yeah, when when Albert specifically, I don't remember specifically if I worked that game or not. Because they were here for a weekend series, I know. So I was in and out all weekend. Um, but definitely the amount of people that were coming just strictly for Albert and the love that people have for Albert back then and still when there's still so many Cardinals fans that wanted us to get in this year was absolutely insane. So uh, pretty much everyone that works in there, though, and the fans adore Albert, always will. The things that he did for St. Louis and just we saw him grow up to be as good as he is right before our eyes was incredible. Uh, so you could tell it was a definitely a huge moment for Cardinals baseball and any baseball fan when, when he came to St. Louis in 2019. Yeah, and I, I think they're just waiting for the day that he says he's retiring, his number is retired the next day. So Yeah, yeah, I tend, tend to agree with you on that one. Yeah, which I Yachty's in the same boat. So if they're lucky, they'll retire in the same year. Yeah, that'd be a They're going to run out of single-digit numbers. They're running out of single-digit numbers if you look on the back wall, though. There's a ton of ton of single digits that are retired for the Cardinals. I was going to say, I think uh, technically right now you have, what, three, four, five, seven, and eight left? And then four and five are obviously it. taken. So, yeah. but yeah, turning into the Yankees here. I know a little bit. It always shocks me when I look out there at the wall. Like, there's not that many left, especially 
considering Yachty and Albert if those two retired. But, and hopefully Dylan Carlson, that number three. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, but, we'll take that too. Yeah, we we got a long time to, before that one is uh, sorted out there, though. So yeah. Um. So I think maybe just one or two more questions, and then we're gonna go into the whole this or that. Um, yeah, perfect. So, uh, I guess when you're working for the club and you're working that many games, I, I'm sure that. Well, I guess first of all, is the are the offices in the stadium or are they in a different building? Yeah, definitely. So right by gates, pretty much. I'm trying to think of my gates now because I'm. It's right by gate four. Gate four, um, where the left field foul pole is. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's where all of the offices, right on top of the team store, is a better way to say it. So there's okay. about 250 people that worked in the Cardinals front office during COVID. It, it did shrink sadly, but. 150 people can be housed in there and yeah you're right there in the stadium makes it super easy though to go see clients or go show seats or do anything you need to do definitely makes it fun going into work when it's right there yeah so being in the stadium do you ever just like walk around and there's just like players just walking through the tunnel and stuff when you're showing people around and yeah definitely it's something that you got to get used to and they're big on when you first start because you start and i was like 21 years old and at 21 like people are pretty immature so when you start as a direct sales rep it's big to say like those are they're here to work you're here to work like not here to get photos you're not here to get autographs or anything like that um but yeah you you kind of just get used to it that and not only the play the players are one thing and, and when you're 21 to 25 working there a lot of the players are like my age so it's more of just you might say what's up, but you know you're not you're less geeking out about players like we're not nine years old anymore. Yeah. Um, but the the random people that you run into at Bush Stadium though is incredible. Like I I always tell I think my best story from the Cardinals is I'm kind of a messy person if you could imagine that, and I always would be drinking a ton of coffee and I would have like usually at minimum five coffee cups on my desk just sitting there from monday tuesday wednesday thursday friday but sometimes you need a few more so i've probably had six or seven coffee cups it's friday i'm going to clean out all my mugs that's my friday afternoon chore kills a little time you know gets the desk all clean and i walk into the break room with all my mugs in my hand and uh there's a a big guy with a suit and his wife and they start making fun of me, like, of course, oh, this guy's drinking all this coffee, like, ha, ha, ha. But super nice guy, like, I was laughing, we were talking, having a great conversation, clean my cups, whatever, no sweat off my back, another person making fun of me, it's all good. And my fr- that guy left, and my friends came in, and they were like, why, 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 like, that was insane, that was insane. I'm like, what are you talking about, like? just talking to that old guy and his wife they were super nice and they're like do you know who that was it's like no i i have no clue who that was they're like that was wayne gretzky and his wife that you were just talking to at bush stadium i had no idea like i do not watch hockey had no clue but you run into people like that all the time it's like keep your head on a swivel because you never know who you're gonna see around there that's awesome wow that's a great story yeah very random I know who Wayne Gretzky is too, so that's a plus. <laughs> so I Wayne think Gretzky's the, uh... son was actually drafted by the Cubs a number of oh. years back. I didn't know that. Yeah. Do you know what year? 
Uh, I'm not sure what the year, but uh, so there's a connection there too. Yeah, definitely. All right. So, Wyatt, are you ready for some just top-of-your-head opinions? Sure. I love giving my opinion, Mason. So I've got five questions for you, and you're going to pick one or the other. Don't have to explain it unless you want to. What do you like better, the home whites or the Saturday creams? Saturday creams. Something special about that. All right. Day games or night games? night game nothing beats it a shutout a cardinal shutout or a grand slam i'd say a grand slam for the excitement factor all right uh hot dogs or toaster draft can't okay <laughs> i love toaster drafts but toaster drafts are not for sale anywhere in the stadium and i brought that up every year like that's a crime they should be for sale they're in the they're in the green seats on the buffet but you can't just go and order that at a concession stand which that's wrong to me yeah that's ridiculous and then final question bleacher seats or behind home plate oh behind home plate you got the padded seats out there mason i need the padded seat i figured but some people like to catch home runs so I you've know. seen Zach Never Campbell, college. the guy that's caught like 5,000 home run balls or whatever. <laughs> Insane. If you sit out there long enough, you will definitely get them. Yeah, and if you punch enough six-year-olds in the face. <laughs> I think, nope. I'm sure he's done that a time or two. Maybe not on purpose, but I'm sure it's happened. If, if you're a grown person and you catch a home run ball, just give it to the kid next to you. It's, please. That's my message for the podcast for everyone. All right, so that is all the questions I had for you. Gowie, do you have any final questions uh, before we go into Pitch Clock? Uh, I'm ready to go. That was a lot of fun. Thanks again for joining us today, Wyatt. Yeah, definitely. Thanks for having me, guys. Enjoy answering questions and talking about the Cardinals. It's a good big part of my life growing up, and it's fun to relive those memories for sure. All right, so now we're going to go to Pitch Clock. So it's just you. Gowie and I are muted. You, This is your chance to talk about something that we wouldn't necessarily put on uh, the agenda. So you could talk about kind of maybe some players that you don't think get enough love or kind of what you love most about baseball. Whatever you want, it's up to you. If you want to do less than five minutes, we can. But this time is basically yours to fill out anything that we wouldn't talk about. So, Okay. Sounds good. I don't know if I'll have five minutes um, to chat here, All but right. Let's go. I'll try to fill it. You want? We could go down to three or four minutes if you'd rather. We'll go three minutes. Three I can minutes. fill three minutes for you, Mason. All right. It's for you. Perfect. All right. You ready? Yeah, definitely. Go. So one of one, I'm going to plug a Cardinals uh, event that they do. Uh, we love our special events team and uh, Cardinals Care, which is the fundraising wing for a bunch of different. Um, charities and everything in St. Louis is the Cardinals Caravan, which I'm sure I know that Mason Lott has been to a Cardinals Caravan at some point. Uh, but that is an awesome thing to go to if you are in the area all over the Midwest. You can get autographs, and it's a great chance to like actually talk to the players and get to know what they're they're all about. And they'll have live Q and A. They'll sign autographs, um, and it's in the middle of January, so it really kicks off the season. Um, gets people really excited to 
go to the Cardinals games and for the weather to be warm. Um, but we're talking as an employee. I think that's one of the biggest perks of being an employee is you rent out a tour bus like you're a rapper and you just hang out with all these players then for the weekend in whatever city you get sent to. So I was on one with, I think of everyone, uh, Ponce de Leon, um, love Ponce. He's a great guy. Um, Tommy Edmond, awesome dude as well. Uh, but he's a Chargers fan, so I'm a big Cowboys fan. That was his only flaw with Tommy Edmond, but he's a big football fan. Um, we had two young bucks, uh, Nolan Gorman, who everyone obviously is excited excited about, going to be a superstar. And two days before is when we got Matthew Libertor. So I got to hang out with him and meet him. He has an incredible head on his shoulders for as young as he is, lefty. He's going to be a superstar for the Cardinals. So I just wanted to give a plug to the, the Cardinals caravan and how fun it is as an employee and for fans. Um, I have one minute to kill still, so I want to talk about the development around Bush Stadium, uh, which has been incredible. Ballpark Village, the first phase of it, was cool. It served its purpose. It was kind of new and unique in the sports world to have something like that. Uh, but people in St. Louis know that like people were outgrowing Ballpark Village, and there was definitely uh, new development that needed to happen around it. Uh, so the DeWitt's putting a ton of money into St. Louis, which St. Louis needs specifically downtown. Uh, they built a new skyscraper full of apartments, which are absolutely insane. You can go online um, and look at the blueprints of that. The rent is a little out of my price range, but it's very nice there. Uh, they built a new state-of-the-art gym, uh, which I still get an employee discount at. I hope no one's watching this. It's $10 a month for me, which I love. Uh, they built new office space, new bars and restaurants, so it's really injected a lot of life into Bush Stadium. It was supposed to open last year uh, before COVID, so it, it kind of sucked that it started like that, but it's open now, and it's incredible when you're down there. Go visit. By three minutes. Awesome. Thank you, Wyatt. That was that was awesome. Um, love uh, the story there about the caravan. Up. And you're right. I have been – well. I think I've been to one Cardinals caravan. I know I've been to the uh, winter warm-up a bunch of times. Yeah. It's the same weekend. Like, the it's all combined together because the players will live. They, they don't live in St. Louis, like, technically. They'll have a house here, but they'll fly in for that weekend, and then they'll do autographs and everything for a day or two, and then they go on their caravan, and that's, like, their weekend in the winter when they're in St. Louis, and then they go to their – home until spring training and then they come to st louis just for the summer but yeah it's an awesome event and all the money goes to awesome charities in st louis as well yeah um one last thing here uh i don't know if you if you can see the chat but uh my dad says whoop whoop yes for brad Lott, <laughs> the absolute legend i'm glad that he is tuned in but yeah so thank you very much for joining us tonight wyatt i know you've got somewhere to go so um we'll let you go ahead and hop off, but I will be posting this. Uh, I forgot to hit record, but I can actually steal it off of Twitch. So Gowie, you failed at your one job. I actually uh, said it, but you didn't hear me, but. Oh, did you say it? Yeah. Oh, well then that's on me. My bad. Uh, but yeah, so I could, I'll snag it off of Twitch. Uh, we're going to upload it. Um, hopefully I'll get that done tonight. I'll send you the links and then uh, that way you could uh, listen back if you're curious. So 
Awesome. Sounds good, guys. Thanks for having me, Galway. Good to meet you. Keep keep doing it. People need to be talking about baseball. Um, just keep keep pushing out the content, guys. People need to hear it, and uh, you guys are good stewards for the game. So thanks for having me. Thanks a lot, Wyatt. Thank you. Yep. Have a good one, guys. Later, dude. Going to be delivering some breaking news here. Someone just hit a home run to dead center field, 419 feet, and his name is Big... John Lester of the Washington Nationals. The Nationals lead 12 nothing on the Marlins tonight. What a day. I can't believe Big John hit a 419-foot bomb. And he's now up to four career home runs. Jeez. So, that's it's a good, good day to be a John Lester fan. That's crazy. Yeah. Um, so, I think I've got this set back up for the two of us now so sorry about that um the uh the way that i have to do the video is a little bit wonky um whenever we're going from three people down to two so um once again i know he's already gone but big thank you to wyatt for joining us today uh he is our very first guest um i i give matthew the qualifier of being the first guest host because technically he didn't come on do an interview um but yeah, so uh, I really hope to get to do that again. I would love to have Wyatt back if he's interested in the future. So thank you very much. Um, so I think the last thing we've got for today is uh, some This Week in Baseball. Now, granted, there's a lot to talk about since we missed uh, last week. We did a live stream during the Home Run Derby. Um, so uh, I guess, Gowie, you want to give us just a real quick rundown on the All-Star Game, if you got one? I don't know if you got one, but... Uh, yeah, not a whole lot to comment on the game. It was pretty uh, standard all-star game stuff, but I think they did a pretty good job with the, the miking up of the players. And uh, overall, it's a, it was an enjoyable event for me to watch. Yeah, and the home run derby was awesome. Yeah. Um, I know, uh, so we didn't record it and put it on YouTube or anything, but you could still find it on Twitch if you are curious. I don't know why you'd go back and watch that in particular. But... Uh, Matthew joined us and we sat there and just watched the home run derby and just talked about this, that, and everything in between. So, um, that was a great time. Um, Pete Alonzo did repeat next year. He's going to three Pete. Uh, Pete Alonzo has made more money in home run derby winnings than he has in salary so far in his career. He has $2 million in winnings. And I don't know if the 1.4 million was, what he was supposed to have gotten or if that was with the prorated salary from COVID. I kind of think that was what he was supposed to get. I don't think it prorated. But yeah. So he's basically doubled or I guess tripled his, um, his career earnings with a repeat in the home run derby. It's absolutely crazy. But, well, you can see why he's so motivated to win it. Yeah. It's a nice little bonus there. Well, and he did it with so much ease. Like, every swing that he had was just like a lazy... It, it it looked like it should be a lazy pop fly, and they were all like 400 feet. Yeah, so, he, props to his, his power pitch. power is unreal. It, basically, every single pitch was dead center of the zone. Plus or minus about three inches. Like, his pitcher was locked in. So... But yeah, so uh, I guess... 
what has happened so far this week post-All-Star game? Yeah, so yesterday's, um, yesterday, I mean, first Sunday back, um, we saw a couple of walk-offs that happened within seconds of each other. Actually, I was watching on my quad box, as I do frequently on MLB TV, and uh, the Rockies beat the Dodgers on a Charlie Blackman home run. That was their 10th walk-off win of the season. They have nine wins on the road for the entire year, and they have 10 walk-offs. And then the second one was the uh, Nationals winning over the Padres. Um, the winning hit was a double by Alcides Escobar, who also hit a home run in the game. So kind of a blast from the past for a guy that hasn't even played in the major league since 2018 here delivering uh, huge walk-off hits against one of the best teams in the league in the Padres. Yeah. So was that the – did they finish the game that there was the shooting outside the gate? Yeah, they, this was the second game, but they finished that game earlier in, on Sunday before okay. the regularly scheduled game, yeah. Gotcha. Yeah, so for, for anyone that didn't hear, there was a shooting outside the, I think it might have been the third baseline gate at yeah. Nationals Park on Saturday. Um, so it was a pretty sobering situation, I think. Um, you go to the baseball uh, or to the stadium and you think you're going to have a great time, and you do 99.9% of the time, but then something freak like this happens and it's just sad that it happened um i'm glad everyone uh i say glad everyone was safe there was obviously a couple of injuries outside but the majority of people were safe it could have been much worse than it was uh deepest sympathies to any of the victims there but yeah so that unfortunately happened this week um all right give me some fun stuff some happy stuff yeah, another another performance that really was pretty crazy to me because I didn't watch most of this game. I just turned the White Sox game against the Astros on Friday on. Very beginning of the game, first pitch, um, Lance McCullers throws. Tim Anderson hits it down the third baseline into the corner and gets a triple. Second pitch, Yohan Moncada hits a double. So two pitches into the game, the White Sox are up one nothing, Looking like it's going to be a really rough night for Lance McCullers. I look back later at what he actually did. McCullers ends up pitching seven strong innings, 10 strikeouts, two walks. He only gave up those two hits on the first two pitches of the game and the one run. That was it. And the Astros won seven to one. Good Lord. Yeah. Yeah. That's uh, I, I think that's going to be a great matchup in the postseason. Uh, both those teams are setting up to be really competitive. I know Tim Anderson is going off right now. Aloy, I think, is making his um, rehab starts now. Um, yeah, and uh, actually, today's news is that uh, Luis Robert is starting his rehab as well. So good that's going to be big. For yeah, them. so the the White Sox are about to get a lot of reinforcements right as we get into the uh, the dog days of summer here. Um, yeah, and, and they've got a, a nice little cushion in their division, so it's really just all about them getting healthy and. There's no reason they would miss the playoffs at this point unless something crazy happens. Yeah. Um, so then flipping over to the uh, NL Central real quick, uh, history was made yesterday. 
Um, so yesterday, um, Alex Reyes recorded his 24th consecutive save to start his career. Uh, well, to start his career. Um, the the weird thing about that, it well the the uh, 24 is one more than. Um, oh shoot! Now I can't even think of who he beat. Uh, and it was way harder for me to find than I thought it would be. Uh, but anyway, um, Cardinals prospect Jordan he, Walker is the talk of the system so far. In that's awkward. Uh, Latroy Hawkins. There we go. So, um, he passed Latroy Hawkins with 24 consecutive saves to start his career. 22 of those are this year. And the weird part about it is he has 24 consecutive saves, but Gowie, go ahead and just give me a wild guess as to what you think Alex Reyes' walk per nines in 2021 is in his 40 appearances. Pretty sure I know the answer. It's above seven. 7.27 walks per nine. Yeah, and he's a perfect uh, 22 amazing. for 22 saves. So some uh, he's either great under pressure, which I think he's kind of shown that he is really good under pressure, uh, and he's getting some luck there, but still, congratulations to Alex Reyes on a new Major League Baseball record, not just a Cardinals record. Um, Speaking of closers in the NL Central, Craig Kimbrell set his own record, actually. He moved into ninth place all-time on the saves list. He now has 369 career saves, and he, and he passed Jonathan Peplobon. Well, and he's done it without trying to choke Bryce Harper, right? That is correct. Yeah, so I would argue that counts for an extra save because he saved Bryce's life. That's right. So, um, all right, so I know you've got some thoughts on the Reds. Oh, my God, the Reds. So I've been talking about the Reds for a few weeks, even on this show, how they had a chance to make up some ground on the Brewers because they had seven straight games against them. They did pretty well before the break. They won three out of four to bring them within four games of the lead uh, in the division. And then this weekend, right out of the break, they come out and they get swept. Three-game series. They lose on Sunday, 8 nothing. Uh, their bullpen didn't really pitch very well on Friday or Saturday, so that leaves them, um, what, seven games behind the lead. And the Reds really should have seen this coming. They, um, the moves they made this offseason in not going after a shortstop, creating Rysel Iglesias, and now they're left with uh, no shortstop still and uh, one of the worst bullpens in the league. So they kind of deserve what they're getting, but it's unfortunate because they could have really been a competitive team in the division because they do have a good offense and their starting pitching is also pretty good. Yeah, and Sonny's back now, right? Yeah, he just came back. Yeah, so they got a big help in their rotation right there, just getting Sonny back. I know Michael Lorenzen just hit the 10-day IL yesterday, though, so that's that's a bit of a hit. What do you mean he, he hit the IL? He hasn't pitched this season. He hasn't? They, He's it coming literally back base, base, or MLB Trade Rumor just said he went on the 10-day IL yesterday. What? Yeah. He hasn't pitched like, He hasn't pitched a single game this season. Oh. He, he's, he's getting close to his return, I thought. Well, maybe they moved him from the 60-day to the 10-day or something. Is that possible? Do you have to move to the 10-day so, before but... you can go on a rehab start? Uh, I don't think so. 
but um, I'm gonna find this because I know that I'm not crazy. Um, but yeah, so I was actually having a, a thought about the Reds. So if they continue to fall out of it, and this is not really something that the Reds do very often, which is trade their players away, but they could potentially capitalize on trading a Luis Castillo or a Sonny Gray because there are so few um, quality starting pitchers available this season on the trade market. Yeah. So, and if they would have won two out of three against the Brewers to start the, the second half here, I would have been even more on board with them trading for a half season rental of Trevor story. And I think that would have been great to push in that team towards the playoffs. But now that they've lost that, I, I think you're right. I think they need to probably try and get something for Sonny Gray or for Luis Castillo, who I think would be the better trade chip. But I don't know how much time either one of those guys have left. By the way, I found it. Michael Lorenzen was not on the aisle before. Uh, he came in as an automatic runner uh, on uh, on the 17th. Uh, he came in as an automatic runner in the uh, extra innings, and he injured his hamstring, and so he is now on the 10-day aisle. So I'm not completely crazy. That's very odd. Wait, why why was he running the bases? He's, was he playing in the – oh, he must have come off the injury list, and then he immediately got himself injured. He's pitched one inning yeah. this season. Yeah, he, uh, so it looks like he was out until the All-Star break. And then in his yeah. first game back, he threw oh my God. one inning of relief, moved to right field, struck out in his uh, at-bat, came in as the automatic runner in extras, and then uh, pulled his hamstring. Yeah, and this is the part where we grow our appreciation for what Shohei Otani does every day, which is just absurd. He's actually pitching tonight and hitting. So, And yesterday he hit his 34th bomb. Yep. So, or was that today? Do they have a doubleheader today? Yet. No. Okay, that was then yet it was yesterday. Yeah. I knew it was a day game. I just at this point, all the days kind of blend together for me. So, yeah. um, all right. So the uh, kind of last thing we had here. Uh, so one, we had our first kind of biggish trade coming into the uh, the trade deadline here. Uh, for our kind of draft or for our trade deadline previews, um, we did a National League uh, preview back in episode 12 on uh, June 15th and the American League preview in episode 13 on June 22nd. So go check those out if you haven't. Um, uh, things have changed a little bit between then and now as far as what some teams are doing. Uh, the Cubs are obviously now selling. Uh, as they've sent Jock Peterson to the Atlanta Braves. So yeah, don't listen to anything I said in that episode about the Cubs. It's all wrong. Yep, pretty much. Uh, Cubs suck. Uh, they're trading everyone. They are trying to um, negotiate with Javi and uh, Rizzo before the trade deadline. And I guess if nothing happens, then they're going to trade him away. Is what it's looking like. But but they're yeah. not opening negotiations with KB. I'm guessing because he's a Boris client, so they know that he's not gonna. But yeah, uh, 
and then the kind of last thing is a week ago yesterday um, was the first round of the MLB draft. The draft had been moved this year to the All-Star break for the first time ever. It's usually held in like mid-June. Um, and we have started seeing some of the players drafted signing. Uh, the first overall pick, um, the catcher out of Louisville, Henry Davis, he signed with uh, Pittsburgh for a $6.5 million signing bonus, which is actually $2 million under slot. So they're likely spreading that $2 million around to some of the uh, um, other picks. Um, let's see, some other notable signings. Uh, Kumar Rocker signed for $1.3 million over slot, uh, being drafted 10th uh, overall by the Mets. So he got paid like a fifth or a fifth overall pick. Um, and he got drafted 10th overall. Uh, I think both the Cardinals and the Cubs first round picks have signed. Um, and then and, uh, another one is the, uh, the rock, uh, the Royal selection of Frank Mazzucato, which was one of the most surprising picks. He's a high school pitcher and he's a good prospect, but no one had him going anywhere near the top 10. And, Obviously, when that happens, you know it's because of the the bonus pool consideration. So, Mazzucato signed for $3.55 million, And the slot value for that seventh pick is $5.4 million. So, huge savings there for the Royals. But that part of the draft is always a little bit confusing to me. And it, I'm not exactly sure why all the, all the slots are not just fixed values. That way, the best players would always be taken first. Yeah. It, it, I've never really understood the slot uh, anywhere either, but I mean, meh. It, it's voodoo magic. Um, Jed Hoyer, Michael Gersh, they take care of that. And the rest of us just get to enjoy the team or hate the teams that they put on the field. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, let's see. And then I know there was there was uh, one other guy uh, that Joshua Baez, um, the Cardinals' second round pick. He was actually committed to go to Vanderbilt, um, and had said prior to the draft that it no matter what he was going to Vandy. Uh, he was not going to sign with the team. Well, today he actually did sign with the Cardinals. Um, I don't know what his uh, what his signing bonus was. Because uh, that hasn't been populated here yet uh, on Spot Track, and I haven't really looked it up. But uh, his slot value was one point three three million. So Joshua Baez will be uh, in the Cardinals organization this year. Uh, high school outfielder, so it'll be a while before we have a chance of seeing him come up. But that was a that was a big get for the Cardinals because he was uh, one of Vandy's, I think, better recruits for this year. So. Yeah, so uh, that's all I've got. You got any other uh, draft stuff you want to mention here yeah, real there's quick? A, there's one other uh, prospect. Uh, his name is Will Taylor. He's an outfielder, high schooler out of uh, somewhere in South Carolina. He also had a um, commitment to play football at Clemson. And uh, a lot of people had him going in the first round of this draft, but I guess he must have expressed his reservations about going pro in baseball because he dropped all the way to like the 19th round and then he announced that he's gonna go play football so 
Well, bad choice, I'll have to say. He's going to get his brains bashed in playing football. Yeah. When he could be making millions playing baseball. But I think now it makes it even more difficult with the um, the uh, name and likeness, um, name, image, and likeness uh, rules now in NCAA. So he can actually get sponsorships and uh, stuff while he's in college. Um Whereas there's a lot of issues with the minor leagues as far as money. Uh, so players sometimes end up paying more than they make for certain uh, certain series, depending on where they're at. Um, so he's probably going to be better off in the short term, money-wise, in football. I don't know about that. First-round money would have been pretty nice. That's that's true. First round money would have been pretty nice, but we'll see. Maybe it'll work out for him. Maybe he uh, goes to college and then gets drafted again in two years or three years and decides to sign. So yeah, he's supposedly going to be playing both sports in college. So we'll see what he ends yeah. up going with. Well, and if he uh, if he decides to play football long term, he's got to be there three years anyway. So at this point. We'll see what happens in three years. It'll be kind of a uh, Kyler Murray conversation then. Yep. So, yeah. All right. Any uh, any closing thoughts? Uh, big Giants-Dodgers series this week, so that should be good. And Cubs-Cardinals. So. Yeah. Uh, it's currently one nothing in game one. Um, Cardinals got two on, so hopefully the Cardinals pull it out. But I think uh, – why it's going to bring us a little luck here. So, um, yeah. So, uh, thank you everybody for listening in, uh, again this week. Uh, thank you again to Wyatt for, uh, joining us and being our very first interview. So that was a lot of fun. Uh, look forward to, uh, uh, many more interviews, hopefully, uh, another bring Wyatt back on at some point again. Cause, um, let's see. So, we will be posting this uh, on um, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, anywhere you find podcasts. I'll try and get that uploaded tonight. Um, we will be putting the video on YouTube. So if you always listen uh, but you want to see what we look like, um, go check out our YouTube page. You can find all the episodes there. Um, also over on our YouTube page, uh, I do baseball card openings. I've got quite a few recorded that I haven't posted yet just because I kind of forgot. Um, so there will be quite a few going up. And I have a new box of baseball cards that I will be opening here soon. Uh, 2021 Gypsy Queen, which is one of my favorite sets. So keep an eye out for notifications on Twitch of when I go live to do that. Uh, subscribe to us on YouTube and get the notifications when the videos are posted if you miss us going live. Um, we are on Twitter and Facebook. So if you uh, want to kind of hear some of our thoughts throughout the week, uh, get any notifications about um, uh, potential giveaways or uh, any other uh, things that we do, if we put up a poll or something, uh, you can find those on, on Twitter uh, and Facebook there. Um, and then, yeah, I think, that's, uh, I think that's it. So thank you guys very much. And have a great week. We will be back here next Monday. So. Bye.